Don Mockles, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 56 for the week of January 27th. 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, January 27th, the moon is up nearly all night long and very bright. The moon will be full on Wednesday, January 28th. By the end of the week, Tuesday, February 2nd, the moon is bright and in the morning sky rising four or five hours after sunset. By this weekend, for instance, Saturday, January 30th, the moon rises about an hour after evening twilight. This is our last chance to see the planet Mercury low in the southwest after sunset. Venus is closing in on the sun in the morning sky, rising about 40 minutes before the sun. Jupiter is in superior conjunction on January 29th. That means that the planet Jupiter is on the far side of the sun from us, and you're not able to see it in your nighttime sky. The SOHO spacecraft, which images the sun and is in an orbit around the sun a bit inside our orbit, will show Jupiter passing behind the sun this week. Look up the SOHO spacecraft on the internet this week. Look at the live images and you will see Jupiter passing behind the Sun. Both Saturn and then Jupiter will emerge into our morning sky in early March. On March 4th and 5th, the planets Mercury and Jupiter will be very close to each other, and we'll talk more about it at that time. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week? which for our purposes begins Wednesday, January 27th through Tuesday, February 2nd. It all depends upon your location. The International Space Station, or ISS, has several people on board. It appears as a bright, slow-moving star going across the sky. Usually it's visible for several minutes. When it's at its brightest, it's quite often the brightest object in the sky. This week we have five zones, and all you need to know is your latitude. From north latitude 65 degrees and north, you will not see the International Space Station this week, nor for several weeks. That's getting up near the Arctic Circle there. Between 37 degrees and 65 degrees north, you can see the ISS in your evening sky sometimes twice per night. Many of you live between 37 and 65 degrees north, England, Italy, Spain, Romania, Turkey, Hungary, France, Germany, the northern United States, most of Canada, 
evening passes, sometimes twice per night. Between 32 and 37 degrees north, the ISS will be in your evening sky too, but that does not start until the last day of our week, Tuesday, February 2nd. And you'll see it in your evening sky in the days after February 2nd. From 25 degrees south through 32 degrees north, the equatorial region, the International Space Station will not be visible at all this week. This includes Central America, much of South America and Africa, Indonesia, and the Philippines. No, not this week. From 55 degrees south to 25 degrees south, the ISS will be in your morning sky for most of the week, sometimes visible twice per night. Australia, New Zealand, Argentina get up early in the morning. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. Now for the comets visible to us this week. The positions, right ascension and declination, of these comets can be found on Podcast 56, Comet Positions. You can also get the current positions of these comets from the website heavens-above.com. Click on Comets and you'll see your list of comets and positions in the sky. There is a new comet Neowise in the sky discovered a few weeks ago by the satellite Neowise that orbits the Earth. This comet is known as C2021A2 Neowise. It was closest to the Sun on January 22nd at 1.14 astronomical units. Now, one astronomical unit, abbreviated as AU, is the distance from the Earth to the Sun. So 1.14 astronomical units is slightly farther from the Sun than we are. Comet 2021A2 Neowise will be closest to us this week at about a half an astronomical unit. The comet was discovered in the southern hemisphere and has been moving northward. It is presently magnitude 10 to 11. The comet is plotted on podcast 56, map 5. If you wait until the end of this week, it will rise before moonrise, and viewing conditions get better over the next two weeks. So get out and see Comet Neowise. Comet 141P Mockholtz is in our evening sky, moving at about 2 degrees per day. It is up until midnight. It is still magnitude 10 to 11, but it is expected to be dimming soon. Photos of this comet are posted on my website. Comet 141P Mockholtz will be back again in 5.3 years, but then it will be at its brightest while it's on the opposite side of the sun, so we will not see it at all. In 10.6 years, two orbits from now, it will be back again. That will be in the year 2031, and we should be able to see it then. In 2036, December 18th, 2036, the comet makes a close approach to Earth. 
of about 12 million miles, 19 million kilometers, more than three times closer than it got this time. Still, that's 44 times farther away from us than is the moon, so there's no chance it's going to hit us. But this will be its closest approach to us in decades, and I hope to still be alive to see periodic comet Mockholtz 2 in the year 2036. This is, after all, a comet that I discovered in 1994. Comet 141P Mockholtz is plotted on Podcast 56, Map 1, and it is on a more detailed map on Podcast 56, Map 4. This week, we're going to look at the Winter Milky Way. There is only one Milky Way, but the part that we can see now is called the Winter Milky Way because it is easily visible and overhead as seen from the Northern Hemisphere during the evenings in the winter. The other part of the Milky Way is called the Summer Milky Way. It is most easily visible in the evenings in the summer. The center of our galaxy is in the constellation Sagittarius, which is in the summer Milky Way. The Milky Way is the name of our galaxy. We live in the Milky Way, and that's the only galaxy that all of us will ever live in. It is shaped like two plates placed face to face. It's about 100,000 light years across. We don't live in the center of the galaxy. We live about two-thirds of the way out from the center. And when we look at the Milky Way in our sky, we're looking towards the rim of our galaxy from the inside. What we see is a band of stars and gas and dust, the Milky Way. Now here's something I've never heard anyone else say, but I've noticed it and I believe it to be true. There appears to be more contrast in the winter Milky Way than in the summer Milky Way. I believe that is because there's more dust and gas as we look towards the center of the galaxy in summer. So in the winter Milky Way, the area between the many stars is generally darker than it is in the summer Milky Way. So you can see the Milky Way this week now that the moon's out of the sky. The Milky Way is outlined in blue on podcast 56, map 1. This week, let's go out in a dark sky area and see the winter Milky Way. It stretches across the sky from the constellation Cygnus, which is now setting in the northwest, overhead through the constellation Cassiopeia, then Perseus, Auriga, Gemini, and Monoceros, which is in our southeast sky. With binoculars, let's trace out the Milky Way. You will find it thick with stars and clumps of stars called clusters. Under really good conditions, you might see some dusty areas too and areas of gas called nebula. Get comfortable as some of these areas are nearly overhead. Cygnus is a good place to look as is Cassiopeia high in the sky. Monoceros in the southeast is a great place to look at the Milky Way too. Our telescopic object for this week is a globular star cluster M79 in the constellation Lepus just south of Orion. It is indicated on podcast 56, map 3. 
M79 is one of the few globular clusters in the winter sky. A globular cluster is a bunch of stars, thousands of stars, and our galaxy has about 150 of them. Not to be confused with open clusters with anywhere from 10 stars to several hundred stars. Those are open clusters are often located within about 10,000 light years from us. The globular clusters are usually much further away. At magnitude 8.1, M79 is about three arc minutes across, and it sits about 43,000 light years from us. It is in our galaxy. Even though in the telescope it looks tight and condensed, it measures about 100 light years across. So why is it in the winter Milky Way and not with all the other globular clusters in the summer Milky Way? Perhaps this globular cluster came from another galaxy, one suggestion being the Canis Major Dwarf Galaxy. So give it a look, M79, south of the constellation Orion. Let me begin by saying that I am a dog person, not so much a cat person. I've had pet dogs for most of my life. We had a few outdoor cats in Colfax, California a couple of decades ago, but they were mostly for the kids and I kept my distance. Two years ago, my wife and I moved to Arizona. Desert terrain, high elevation, clear, dark skies. We are happy here. Just the two of us involved with a lot of projects. In April 2019, after talking to our neighbors who had a lot of cats, my wife called to me to say that they're going to give us nine cats, barn cats, which would stay outside and catch any mice we may have on our property. Tales are told in this area of mice which destroy vehicles by living in the engine compartment and eating the wires. We have never had that problem, but I hear it all the time. So we got nine cats. We set up a house for them outside. We called them our kitten mob. In fact, we even made a website called The Kitten Mob. We thought it would be a thing, but it never caught on, so we took down the website. We then built a luxurious cat hotel for them in the shop. Three levels, air conditioned in the summer and heated in the winter. They are in there only at night when the coyotes come out. We have a sound system in the shop too, and sometimes I play music for them. Often it is Barry Manilow. I do not know if our cats even like Barry Manilow, but they have sure heard a lot of his music. One of the features I created for that website is the Kitten Mob Undercover Boss. It is a 10-minute spoof on the Undercover Boss series. It follows the format of the CBS reality show named Undercover Boss, where the boss, owner, or the chief executive officer puts on a disguise and goes into the workplace to see what's really going on with the company. 
in my spoof, I cover each and every element of the show. I wrote the script, the music, and edited it. If you have 10 minutes and want a little humor, it is on YouTube, The Kitten Mob Undercover Boss. There's also a link to it on my website under this podcast number 56. But remember, you'll never get those 10 minutes back. We are now down to six cats, and my wife fell in love with one who now spends the nights in the house. He is named Camper. Near sunset each night, I walk them around the back of the shop and into the desert where they play among the cacti. Yes, you, you can herd cats. I call them and I tell them it's time for a walk and they appear from everywhere. I then lead them into their cat hotel and feed them. They consider me their father figure, their daddy. When I ask them, who's your daddy, they all look at me, so there you have it. So the other night, I'm lying in bed and my wife comes in and asks about Camper. Well, he was lying in his bed across the room from me. My wife asked if cats can see better in the dark than we can. Well, they can. The way their eyes are designed, they can see better in the dark than can humans. So just remember this, when it is dark and your cat's in your bedroom with you, the cat is watching. So I replied that they can, and she suggested that perhaps they could do some comet hunting. So let's talk about this for a minute. What would it take to get a cat to hunt for comets? They are nocturnal creatures, nighttime hunters, so that is a start. The process of visual comet hunting is actually rather simple. Push the telescope tube across the sky while looking for a fuzzy object in the eyepiece. Now, pushing the telescope is actually the difficult part. It can be automated, or perhaps one cat can be trained to sweep the telescope while the other is looking through the eyepiece. In August 1968, a comet was discovered this way, not by cats, but by people. When one person was directing the telescope and the other was looking through the telescope. Comet Bally Clayton. They were not comet hunting, they were looking for M57. However way the telescope is swept, the key here is that our big-eyed cats sound an alarm when a fuzzy object is seen. All they need to do is meow. And then the astronomer, that's me, can run over to the telescope and check out the fuzzy object. It would most likely be a galaxy or star cluster, at which case the cat resumes sweeping. If it is a suspect object, then the astronomer, that's me, checks for the motion and handles the communication with the minor planet center. As for the name of the comet, is the world ready for a comet camper? To recap the podcast for this coming week, the moon is full this Thursday and then enters the morning sky. Mercury is low in our southwest sky after sunset. Look at the Milky Way with the unaided eye and binoculars after the moon gets out of the evening sky later this week. 
and with a telescope see the globular cluster M79. Two comets are visible and worth taking a look at through a telescope. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 56, for January 27, 2021. I'm Don Mockles. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockles.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z dot com, two H's. You can contact me at dontheastronomer at gmail.com. Once again, that is dontheastronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss what's up in the sky. We'll look at some new objects. And I'll discuss what my 2020 year was like in terms of comet hunting. How many hours I searched and how that compares to the previous 45 years. The number of telescopic meteors I saw and the incredible number of artificial satellites that passed through my field of view last year. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.